you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got guts i got a move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Chicka, 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 Chicka 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 Ed Harris chicka 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 some 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 of our highest um um uh some of the critics of our show say like oh you know what the no and uh, I'm your dad yeah 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 the no but the no but uh instead of the yes and uh of the show is oh really very uh not um not not uh-huh. not um it it doesn't get us very far. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting that you should say that. Uh, so I have about seven letters coming up that I expect the highest, most exuberant engagement with. If if we're going to start uh, looking at who's no budding things. OK, sure. sure I'm not sure. the one who got up and walked away in the middle of a bit last week. Hey, um, it's not my fault that you bring garbage people to our. It's not my fault you bring garbage bits to the beginning, Madison. <laughs> We're fighting. We're fighting each other. This is what we're the fighting. People, what okay. the head of the train want. They want us to fight each other and eat babies. Hey, wait, wait to fall on that grenade of being the head of the train in, in this in this scenario. Hey, everybody, we're doing Snowpiercer this week. Obviously, from this from this opening, it's it's clearly obvious that we're Very doing clear. Snowpiercer. Absolutely clear. I was doing the chugga chuggas, you know, like as you thousands do. of hints. Yeah. Um, you shouted Ed Harris at one point. Ed Harris. I should have I should have done the entire opening of um, Music Man when they're on the train. Um, that would have been great. Um, Good Lord, I would have been impressed. I would have yes and at that bit. Yes, sir. Ed Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Tilda Swilton teeth. <laughs> Tilda Swinton's character. This is wild. Yeah. Apparently, Bung Joon Ho kind of wrote the role. Um, with mm-hmm. John C. Riley in mind, um, huh. and then Tilda Swinton got it, and he kind of rewrote the role. Um, but can you imagine John C. Riley doing the same role? Like, I, I, can't, I can't even find like where the middle of like where they would where it would be anything similar. Like, it would be completely yeah. different, right? That's yeah, because I can't like I s- John C. Riley has two settings: dramatic and then like Talladega Nights. Will Ferrell movie comedy. I don't know if I've ever seen him thread a needle mm-hmm. with that. Like, because we've had him for Vampire's Assistant, and I think that's it. Is that the only John C. Riley flick we've had? Um, we haven't done. I say, asking you to cast your mind over a hundred and ten movies. Yeah, we haven't done Boogie Nights yet, and he's in that. 
Um, we'll never do Walk Hard or Dewey Cox story. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of any. We haven't done Holmes and Watson. Haven't done Holmes and Watson. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I have a dark suspicion that you would like Holmes and Watson. Um, is that the Will Ferrell, John C. Riley thing? Yeah. Were there Holmes and Watson? Were there Holmes and Watson? Yeah. Um, You really are a sharp cookie today with all the clues and deductions. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So naturally, like our conversation went to Will Ferrell's career in this conversation, in this episode about Snowpiercer. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'll make a tangential bridge. Oh, please. Because I... Do I did have this thought in this and maybe I've talked about this before a little bit because I know I've had this thought previously. I The question isn't, is Chris Evans a good actor? Is mm-hmm. can Chris Evans do super serious? Like, do you think he can do super serious? Like, I think I think that because he's great in Knives Out mm-hmm. and he plays somewhat funny. Kind of funny, somewhat serious, a little bit sinister at times. Like he does a great job in that movie. I think it's this movie where it is like heavy facial acting Mm -hmm. that he has to do. Like in like Knives Out, there's like so many great scenes of him just like giving quips and being kind of a shit face. And those are funny. And yeah. then there's bits where he's like very like threatening and that's really well done. It's this one where a lot of the portrayal is subtle and he has to, with his face, show us that maybe what he's saying isn't true or like the scene at the end where he's crying mm-hmm. or whatever. Like he is a good actor if it's just his face doing the acting. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of in a similar agreement because in Knives Out, in Captain America, they're kind of heightened roles, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like Knives Out, he's this silver spoon, like rich kid, cocky man, right? You know, mm-hmm. like in Captain America, he's Captain America, the um, sort of, I don't know how to describe that character, but like he's kind of like. What was it? Uh, God's Honest Man. Yeah. Is what he's called in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. That. Or God's Righteous Man. Something mm-hmm. like that. Um, in something yeah, like I think, this where he's supposed to be kind of like tortured tortured or in sort of like a everyman kind of guy yeah. like you know because he is like the person we follow through the movie it is his mm-hmm. like we are tied to his tied to his line right throughout the movie as he moves forward um, yeah it's hard I also think um this is a movie I really enjoy for a lot of reasons. I think it's well, I think it's well done, well directed, mm-hmm. um, well acted for the most part, except for like those serious Chris Evans points, because I think everyone else like does a really banger job. Right. Like, yeah, I don't I can't think of anyone who was like that wasn't very good. Um, I w- this this movie is what, two hours ish, like just a little over, if I remember correctly, just a little over. This is one of those cases where I could use with an extra half an hour in the universe um, because the last 40 minutes of this movie um, after spoilers for this movie, if I'd say, especially if you haven't seen this one before and you're listening to this, which I don't, uh, but stop the episode and go watch it because 
40 minutes left in this movie. Octavia Spencer's character dies. So does the tattooed man. Jimmy Bell's dead. The only three people that are still alive moving forward are um, uh, Curtis, the security officer and his daughter. Right. And the last 40 minutes of this movie. Oh, right. Yeah. Includes the backstory with Chris Evans, with Curtis's like lineage and like Gilliam, like being. The, He's a Targaryen surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, his his background, um, the security officer talking about his plan to blow up the train. Ed Harris's info dump about how it's all like a conspiracy set up, like mm-hmm. or like it, everything all. Uh, the entire revolution was this like set up thing that he orchestrated. Um, and it's just like the last 40 minutes of this movie is a huge info dump that never really had any clues before that. Right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the, does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that for me, a thing like I don't agree that this movie needed more time. I think it needed to use its time better. I like I don't dislike gauntlet films like this where it's mm-hmm. the we have to press forward no matter the losses watching it again. It was a little bit interminable to me, just like how long the movie is. And they do info dump a lot at the end. That is more the fault of the script than it is about the runtime, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I also think the Ed Harris info dump. I like that it's kind of out of nowhere because we don't know if he's lying and there's no way to check if he's lying. Like where he reveals, again, spoilers, that William Hurt was in on it the whole time. John Hurt. We don't know if that's true. Yeah, that one. The other, the Hurt. Yeah. The Hurt Locker. We don't know if he was in on it the whole time, like like he's being told, or this guy's just fucking with Curtis. Because like he's got cameras and TVs and like phones. Everywhere. He has this train bugged, pretty much. He could have just overheard conversations and done mm-hmm. this to fuck with Chris Evans. Like, and But what helps with that is... Um, Gilliam, Mr. Gilliam, the Hurt Locker's character, um, says, when you get through that door, don't let him talk, cut out his tongue. We don't know if that means he'll lie to you and he'll trick you into joining him, or I don't want you to find out what I've been doing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like that kind of... That's an interesting theory. Like, I never kind of thought anything about that. Mm -hmm. I never thought that, like, oh, Ed Harris was lying about that. That's an interesting Uh take. Um, I'm not saying it's like... Well, we've seen the film as many times as I have, which is twice. Yeah. You start to pick up on these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting take. I never really thought about that idea before, Mm -hmm. but that's totally possible, I guess. Um, cause but that's why I don't mind Ed Harris's info dump. The Chris Evans one, I get like we need it. It's like he's finally falling apart right at the end or et cetera. Like I understand, but I just feel like two hours is long enough for this movie. Maybe the scene where they gut a fish and then uh, axe fight in the dark could mm-hmm. have been shorter. Yeah. Um, funny thing about that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that we talked about before this. Um, now I know um, what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, funny thing about that scene is that um, Bong Joon-ho went to toe to toe with Harvey Weinstein, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the producer of this film, about keeping that scene in. Uh, and because Harvey Weinstein wanted like a more action based th- thing um, or more more action in that scene than that. Um, so Bong Joon-ho um, went 
uh, lied to him um, mm-hmm. and said that, uh, oh, my father was a fisherman and that this it would be really mean a lot to me if like we left this scene in. Harvey Weinstein's like, oh, well, yeah, I'm a family man. Yeah, sure. I, I'll, I'll let you leave this little scene in this. And then in an interview later, Bong Joon-ho was like, oh, yeah, that's a complete lie. I just said that so I could keep my favorite scene in the film. What I like about this too is apparently they fought for a while, like days, this like this back and forth. And finally, Bong Joon Ho just like, I'm tired of this. It's in the movie. I'll lie. And like just made up that story. Yeah, that's amazing. Um I uh Yeah, did you have anything you want to talk about in this? No. I mean, we never see any bedrooms. Yeah, we never really see any bedrooms. We um, passed, as soon as we leave the water reclamation plant, it's like an orchard, an aquarium, um, a classroom, a bar, a rave pit, a drug den, and then the head of the car, head of the train. Like nobody sleeps, apparently. I mean, there's like one place where it's almost like a sleeping compartment, but they're all businesses, like a dentist, a hairdresser, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. I, and that's another, like, when I say like it could have used more time, like, I think that's another thing because, they the latter half, the front of the train part, like where they where they clearly reach, they clearly leave the back of the train and now are towards the front of the train like that part is very, they just walk through a bunch of places and then you see them and they're little like set dressing kind of things of like, oh, this is how the front of the train is. But you don't see anything like that. Like you don't really get anything about the front of the train people's lives besides that they just walk around and be fancy and like go to businesses Mm -hmm. and uh they get to have school for their children and they have rave parties with drugs and stuff like that they you don't get anything besides like sort of a slanted view of them but maybe because we're looking from curtis's perspective maybe like that's right. what I mean, how he's seeing it or something like the, that. The famous line from the mil, from the movie, I think that has gotten out through osmosis more than others is the um, everyone has their place. That's what the people at the in the best position tell the people in the worst. I think that like the movie, like I'm not actually cinema sins dinging this points for not showing me like here's where all the rich people sleep sure. or whatever. Like, I think the idea is in a movie in which it's society boiled down to a train. The idea is the rich don't work or do you think they just fucking party all the time mm-hmm. while everybody else eats bug bars and yeah. babies. Yeah. But in arms. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so like I said, I'm not actually upset that we didn't see like the logistics of the sleeping quarters of the sure, sure, train. Sure. Like, yeah, uh, it was just I just don't we don't see any bedrooms. The yeah. rich never sleep. They just party and do drugs. Yeah. And we're touching on it a bit. But like um, there's a lot of critique and like I think a lot of just like um, if you haven't seen this or you don't know anything about it, it is like a specifically or seemingly anti-capitalist film like about like the train is capitalism constantly rolling towards like this thing like trying to keep the classes in line basically like that it's it's clearly it's it's pretty it, there's a lot of suggestions that it is an anti-capitalist film well you liked this movie yeah and i liked the movie don't get me wrong like i said i think it was for a gauntlet, it was a little long and they kind of did try to info dump a lot of it at the very end. Um, 
where they could have shortened a few of the gauntlet scenes. Like Dread is a good gauntlet movie because it takes time here and there to like have moments. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying that I think it's in this one. I just there was time where they could have done more of the talking than this- just everybody at the end talking about here's all of my backstory. Well, it may not surprise you to learn, Madison, that other people had opinions about this. I went down to the letterbox and I got a few reviews here for you. Um, our first one comes from famous comedian Demi Adejuibe, who has patron status here. Uh, I wish Tilda Swinton did more comedy. Doesn't even have to be on a train if she wants in your review. I would say she's probably the funniest person in this movie. I think she's supposed to be right. Like, mm-hmm. I think like that she's supposed to be uh, like this comic relief sort of like blind to uh, sort of like opportunist kind of character. Like, like she's, she's following whatever power that is in control and then she'll do whatever. Like for some reason, when she's begging like Chris Evans, not to kill her, she takes out her teeth for no particular reason, just to look a little bit more sad. I think like, or look at me. I'm like you yeah. or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, um, Nicole Silverberg gave this four stars. I thought this was the Polar Express for years. Cannibalize my ass over that, Chris Evans. End of review. Bullshit. Fake review. I also apo- That's true. I apologize for you having to take care of that blown out audio. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I say bullshit. That's not, that's not real. No one would really think Sorry. that. Tom Hanks isn't anywhere in this film. Can you imagine? He's actually, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks as Wilford would work. God, Tom Hanks has talked about wanting to play a Bond villain, and I think like Wilford is the exact kind of Bond villain that Tom Hanks would play. Mm-hmm. Just I can't believe he, Tom Hanks wants to weaponize America's dad. Yeah. Uh, our next review comes from Jay, who has a pro rating. Now I know that you are famously out for blood when it comes to these pro ratings you have the highest standard yes as the buell feud uh showed us yes so jay with a pro rating gave us three and a half stars if the capitalists get a train what did the communists get a boat i'd like to see that story end of review a boat i mean spoilers maybe for the end of this episode like i can kind of think of like where we might go but i could see like another movie like this on a boat um kind of a ghost ship already I, but that's not really the same um no, like that's very different in fact yeah yeah but to do a gauntlet film on a boat i don't know if i've seen that before so i would love to see that um i, I just named one one movie we did that was on a ship i know just absolutely no other connective tissue i mean people are being afraid to die on a ship basically um um uh, read the next one as i go get my plug for these headphones got it uh our next review comes from branson reese who did not give this a review or no, i'm sorry who did not give this a star rating but did rewatch this on january 26 2021 caught the end of it while nicole watched for the first time Missed the beginning because I was teaching myself Spanish bombs on guitar on the other side of the apartment. Still didn't dislike it, but once again, didn't do a lot for me either way. All in all, I preferred learning the song. But that's just me. I'm a born student. End of review. Who the fuck is Nicole? Who cares? Uh, at least it was kind of a review of the movie. It kind of is. 
Oh, uh, you actually asked. Notice, notice that I got up from the. I got up again during that particular one. Um, I will actually answer your question uh, because I found this review. I found a previous review for Nicole Silverberg from this review. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's who Nicole is. Oh, okay, interesting. There's like a lore, the backstory. Saw that she had, um, or that this was like a favorited by somebody else. Clicked on their review, so I think it's a. Uh, a little bit. I went down a rabbit hole of clicking on, oh, this person liked this review and reading what those were to find some this week. Um, so there's a whole little universe happening here. Almost like it's a closed ecosystem of letterbox reviews. Fucking nailed it. Yes. Yes. Proud of that? Proud of proud of you just what you just did I think it's there? Pr- I think it's pretty clear I was proud of fucking my reaction <laughs> immediately after. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honor. Uh, Our last review comes from Paul Oyama, who has a patron status, gave this four stars. My favorite fictional polar bears ranked. 99,999th, Norm of the North. Number five, Coca-Cola polar bears. Number four, Corporal from Penguins of Madagascar. Number three, Polar from Crash Bandicoot. Two, Yorick Bernson from Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials, last seen in our The Subtle Knife episode. Number one, this absolute unit. End of review. This absolute unit? The one yeah, at the, the polar, end? The okay. thing, I'm guessing, yeah. Unless they think are counting the entire movie of Snowpiercer as a polar bear. Sure. I was Googling Norm of the North because I wasn't familiar with this movie. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Norm of the North is a 2016 computer animated uh, adventure comedy film directed by Trevor Wall and written by Daniel R. Altair, Stephen Altair, and Malcolm T. Goldman. It features the voices of Rob Snyder as the guy. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heather Graham, Ken John, Colmeny, Laura Devine, Gabrielle Iglesias, Michael Ellerton, and Bill Knight. Knighty. Bill, sorry, Bill Knighty. Um, it from the poster, it seems like it is um, about a polar bear who somehow gets to New York City because in the in the poster, he's wearing he's a polar bear wearing a sort of generic tourist um, New York shirt. And on his head, let me zoom in real quick. Enhance, enhance, enhance. I think there are three squirrels, uh, three chubby squirrels that I assume probably one of them can John voices. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I'd say like, yeah, that I think that probably deserves the nine nine thousand nine hundred or ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine 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 ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine space. So, yeah. Um, but I know when, what film we're doing next. 99,999 <laughs> polar bears. Yep, that's how the rent song goes. I mean, I guess he's also in New York in the poster, so it's fitting. <laughs> so well, now I know what the sequel to Norm of the North is. If Norm of the North is a parody film of the <laughs> film Rent, I will watch that fucking movie. Um, well, we're gonna watch it eventually anyway. It doesn't have a sequel. I don't oh, we're think. doing it next. It's clearly it's clearly uh established. I mean that's not canonical. Shall we get to uh Snowpiercer 2? Sure. Let's do it. Um all right, our time starts now. Time worm. Time worm. 
Okay, let's do it. Um, the remaining of humanity is resting in the time worm <laughs> and uh, developed by a, um, a bioengineer named Mrs. Hoberman. Uh, yep. Still don't know her name, huh? Hoberman sounds like a, re- a more realistic name than Haberman, even though I'm sure Haberman is a real name. <laughs> yes. um, so what we could do is like, oh, the sequel to this. And we've done this before of like, I feel like um with Mortal Engines, like we did this mm-hmm. a little bit with that was the dystopian future kind of thing where on another part of the world, something else is happening and this they're not actually the last of humanity, right? We yeah, I mean, do, I we could do ahead. that story or we could continue on with where Snowpiercer lets off with um, I'm going to get the name of the uh, Yona and Timmy, Yona and Timmy, um, which I'm assuming they're not the only survivors in the in. They have in, to be not the only survivors. Yes, yeah. I, I don't think that's. Yeah, I, I doubt that they're the only survivors in there. So I, um, I, what do you what are you feeling? I don't know. I mean, I had written down the idea of same again, but different mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. Uh, same again, but like a bunker. Um, um, I have like train camp written down, which would be like a settlement. It's a few years in the future and they've pulled some of the cars into like a camp. Um, and then I just wrote down snow melting equals environmental message because the idea is the snow is melting. So it's habitable again. We could now do something with the environment instead of class mm-hmm. um, if we wanted. But those are the only things I had written down. So I don't really have an idea. I have like a theme, I guess, idea. And then two kind of vague setups. I think there's something to, I, I, I think like we could do boat piercer or whatever, or like water, water, uh, water stab, water, water penetration. Um, <laughs> um, but I think like maybe, maybe there is an interesting story of, uh, Yona and Timmy and teaming up with some of like the front of car people, like, mm like some of those partiers and ravers like that were um, that survived like to establish some sort of um, some sort of settlement and um, there being like discourse with them because some of the front of car people are like still in their mentality of like consume, consume, like we, we don't ever have to work for anything. Right. It's not What's a the it's threat it, then. Yeah. Just they're going to run out of food or. I think the threat would be maybe like there being a betrayer or something or like uh, a they go into they they try to set uh, start a settlement and there being a um, betrayer or some secret agenda or something. I'm kind of thinking of it like um, there's this tabletop game called Dead of Winter, mm-hmm. where basically it is that story of like there is a betray. Everyone is a everyone has a secret goal basically and every and people are trying to uh either ruin the camp or like get something specifically that only they benefit from um so there might be an interesting story there um there's also betrayal in the house in the hill another tabletop game mm-hmm. it's kind of the same concept i think our flavor is like the water penetrator um but um it might be more we're fun not calling to, it that yeah the uh, <laughs> the water penetrator uh yeah. What about the earth penetrator? 
or the uh, oh yeah okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah the earth penetrate yeah it was just the uh it was just the element um yeah. i'm afraid of water as you famously know the wind penetrator uh um, the heart penetrator wait does captain planet what if camp captain planet is involved okay so here we go they yona and timmy have to team up with three other youths to get all five captain planet rings that he can heal the world <laughs> jesus christ i almost won it i almost won it like it'd be really funny if like where they crashed you they find it oh my okay we don't have to do this but like if they crash and there's like a cove there and it is the remains of captain planet and <laughs> <laughs> okay actually hold on they've been they've been talking about a captain planet movie forever what if the secret to the Snowpiercer tr- sequel is that it is Captain Planet. It is actually a Captain Planet movie. All right. So the idea could be because when I set up in the first movie, the um, the security officer Nam mm-hmm. um, saw that plane that had yeah. crashed under the Yakutima Bridge or something like that. I know I mispronounced that. What if the Planeteers were in that plane? That'd be amazing. Okay. And so Yona and Timmy are hiking their way to that plane for to find it to see if it works or for some reason like they're they go there and they f- they find the rings. Jesus Christ, Mike. Oh my god. I, I mean I, we have to. We have to. We have point, to we right? have to at this point. And you know what? I don't think as far as tone wise, we would ever capture like the same kind of like thing about this. Uh I I don't think we're super well equipped to make the another anti-capitalist like film um so <laughs> but making a, a a wacky captain planet back like secret seek secret um secret sequel before any of you tweet at us just stop typing for a minute and think about the phrase i'm about to say bong jun ho presents captain planet yeah now just close out of twitter and be ashamed yeah yeah so after parasite after parasite his next big project is the sequel to Snowpiercer, which is Captain Planet. Um, uh, whatever we name this title, it has mm-hmm. to be secret Captain right. Planet. Whatever we name this title, we have seven minutes. Got it. Um, cool. So so we need Earth, Fire, Wind, Water, Heart. Yes. Wait, yeah, Earth, Fire, Wind, Water, Heart. So we'll need three more people slash youths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Let's see who else in the first movie could we say survived? Um, uh, do we want because uh, everyone kind of died as far as we know, right? Like of like I'm the, fine if the we kind of start clean slate the named characters. Okay, so we could like mm-hmm. we but we could take someone from each place, right? You know, like there is the um, there is the ravers. Um, the rave mm-hmm. people. Um, uh, there is the old man who's the violinist. Um, oh my god! He's a planeteer. Um, you can be one too. Because saving our planet is the thing to do. Looting and polluting is not the way. Hear what Captain Planet has, has to, to say. say. I know the babies taste best. There's there's, the there's people- a classroom full of children though as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's a classroom full of children um, that totally survived. That little, the the little cocky one um, that uh, Octavia Spencer cracked the egg on top of her head <laughs> during that. Um, there's the people who worked in the in the garden. There's also the sushi chef. There's also 
Andy, if we want to keep everybody a similar-ish age, he's the other kid that got taken from the back who climbed into the giant steel vibrator pill or whatever the fuck at the front of the train. Yeah, maybe. I think I like the idea of only having one kid and it is Timmy. So we have Timmy and Yona. Then we'll have one of the ravers. We'll have the sushi guy. How many are there? Um, There's Earth, Five, Fire. Yeah, so we have Earth, Fire, Wind, right? Water, Heart. Water, Heart. Okay. So we have Yona, Timmy, Sushi Chef. Sushi. Raver. Raver. Yeah. I mean, Sushi Chef is water. I feel like that's pretty obvious. He was in the aquarium car. Sure. Uh, So Let's get our last person. Who's going to be Heart? Um, Timmy could be Heart. Um, that's what I'm thinking. That's kind of why I was maybe going to go ahead and cast them based off of who's left. We can figure out maybe where we pull from. Sure, sure, sure. So for our last last one, I kind of like Yona. I don't I don't know if there's like necessary precedent, but like, you know, the chrono like thing, like it is a rock and it is like a sort of like gaseous thing. I was thinking like maybe Earth, maybe Earth or fire like um Let's uh let's do Earth. I feel like the Ravers would make more sense for fire. Okay, fire. So and we really need Timmy. wind. I think that's the one. So yeah. wind. So we had the end of the train. We had the water reclamation room. We had the room where they make the fucking protein bars. We had the hallway where mm-hmm. they had the fish fight. We had. The next car was the classrooms. The next car was like the businesses, like the hairdresser, the dentist, that sort of thing. The next one was maybe that one was then the sauna sauna because mm-hmm. then there was the rave. Then there was like the bar, the party room, the restaurant. then there was the drug den. And then the next room was like some of the security shit, like the little people in like the little yeah, um, yeah, yeah. booths, like tech yeah. booths. And then it was the door to Wilford's chamber. Yeah. Do um, any of those strike you as being particularly wind? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could see like maybe one of the plant like gardeners or like. Um, I'm fine with that. Or maybe one of the kids, like maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm softening on one being one of the kids. Um well, I've already written down Gardner, and this is Penn. So if we go with a kid, their name is Gardner. Let's do one of the Gardners, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah. Backstory. Um, this is what I'm thinking. Okay. Please. The Planet Tears are on that plane mm-hmm. on their way to try to stop CW7, the cataclysm event that happens at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. that they allege to. Which was meant to fight climate change. So this makes sense with the Planeteers. Like, mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, like, a little bit. Um, so they were on their way. They have, um, because the planet is on the verge of dying, Captain Planet couldn't be formed. Um, so, but they were on their way to stop the CW7, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to stop the CW7 in that plane that was crashed at the bottom of that ravine. But it happens early. Everything happens early. They fly out of the sky. They're, the, um, they're 
dead. I, I, maybe they don't have Captain Planet's remains or anything like that. I, I don't that's... think so, because if he's not, if he's not joined, like, not your powers combined, he doesn't exist. Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just them on a plane trying to get somewhere, right? Trying to get mm-hmm. to the place to stop CW7. Um, and uh, that plane goes down. Yona and Timmy and maybe um, some of those other people come on the plane, come come upon the plane and find the rings mm-hmm. and hear the call. Uh, I don't think Captain Planet can uh, can form at all, but uh-huh. it is enough to you need to find other people to give the rings to so we can try to bring the world back basically um, they can't use the rings they have to find people for the rings yeah they have to find they have to choose people for the rings i guess or maybe maybe they so, all maybe maybe they all are there maybe like they he, they make a little oh, ex- excursion i thought you meant everyone was there and now we need to invent more characters for the rings not you meant just yona and timmy find the rings yeah yeah but maybe maybe they all should be there maybe they do a little excursion to this um this plane and um because yona is clairvoyant right so maybe she senses something and captain planet speaks to her being like go to the plane or whatever um Um, i'm thinking that she and timmy make for the plane just maybe out of curiosity or like it's it is a tangible goal mm -hmm. um and when they get there, they find a few other train people have made it to the plane. And they're like, I don't know. It just seemed like I just started in a direction and I ended up here. Now we can do it's like destiny or the call of Captain Planet. Yeah. There's something calling. I think there's something calling Yona or like maybe there's some sort of like. Well, there's something calling all of them is the point. I'm yeah. saying like she maybe is more aware of like the voice that's calling her. Whatever else is like, I don't know. It just seemed like this was the right direction to head in or something like that. Yeah. Maybe because. Uh, I don't know what the distance was between where they landed and like the the plane. It seems like it'd be a long way, but like, yeah, I'm thinking almost like everything on the train is dead. Basically, it is basically mm-hmm. only shelter at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have radios or anything like that no. where they know where there may be a possible radio is in that plane to try to like mm-hmm. find maybe maybe there's a possibility of other survivors or something like maybe there's a possibility or something. Um, so maybe that's what maybe they go towards like, or something. There's like, at least like a logical reason where they're going to the sure. plane. Um, and what's more logical than being summoned by the call of captain planet Madison. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do like this idea. Like Yona, hears like a little voice in her head being like, you know where to go. The plane the power is yours. The power is yours. Um, so they go to the plane and they get the rings. What do we think is let's let's choose like what the rest of the movie is of them like forming. Right. Like what what do we think like Captain Planet charges them to do? I mean, I, I'll say terraform the planet, but like mm-hmm. make it habitable again. Maybe it's something like the core, and they have to restart the restart the uh ecosystem ecosystem yeah with a warhead yeah i don't know because i mean the obvious answer is we find a captain planet villain 
but I don't know if that's the movie we're looking to make. I mean, we introduced Captain uh, Planet, so I don't really know what kind of movie we're looking to make. Because uh, there is Captain Pollution, um, which is made with the pollution rings, which I was looking up earlier while we took a, a brief hiatus to do some research. That would be fun if there's like sort of like introduced like the tempting of the pollution rings or something like that. Like, um, it's sort of like a the devil's temptation or whatever of like they they give the people their rings, but there's also like this other opposing force like that is that also exists that um is the rings of destruction. The rings mm-hmm. of destruction. So maybe like at one point the raver gets tempted or something by the pollution ring or something like that. Um we could do all the people who get the Captain Planet rings are people from the back of the train and all the people with the rings of destruction are from the front of the train mm. because the rings of destruction are um, radiation, deforestation, smog, toxin, like toxic and hate. Mm. So, yeah, things that typically that's people us. at the front of the train would use, but that is, that is us creating five other characters. Um, That's true. And also, like, I think there's maybe something more to everyone on, like, there being like a mix of people on the train working together, like, to mm-hmm. restart the planet or something like that. Um, for it to be like another front of the train versus back of the train, it's just kind of the same story, right? And like, kind of the same sort of like, um, same sort of like message right like mm-hmm. or of the or the same sort of like plan that wilford had in the first one right is it's like i mean then the option seems like it would be there were people who somehow managed to survive outside of the train and they don't want people from the train coming in and like starting a new civilization like that like we got along just fine without all of your ideas thank you sure because otherwise, it's just a movie where we watch them restart the ecosystem and there's not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking like if anything there, to the, for them to fight or do. If it was something about restarting the ecosystem, there would have to be some sort of um, like goal of like, oh, you have to. I only think of the core like as this as the plot of like you have to launch a warhead into the core to restart it or whatever, uh, which is ridiculous. But. Um, I love the course so much. Oh, it's so good. You have um, to launch Captain Planet into the core of the Earth. Yeah, I think we can do both. Or like there being like a sort of like big goal, but there's also like these um, people who have the hate of the 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 what are the rings of destruction, right? Like, yeah, um, working against them that have already existed, um, that are sort of like sub bosses or something like that on their way to do it right you know um sure yeah so so oh so then maybe the idea is they have to like charge the rings or something at the temple of captain planet or some sure bullshit like that um where's the temple of captain planet i mean i think the equator is probably it's like the rainforest sure yeah like there, there's like a rainforest sort of like because actually like a frozen rainforest would be a really cool location I'm trying to think of like maybe there's an in-universe um place where they all got the rings right or did they just appear i'm not that up on the captain planet lore 
How did the Planeteers get their Captain Planet rings? According to CBR, the Planeteers were each selected by Gaia, the spirit of the Earth itself, who then gave each one of the Planeteers a specific magic power ring. They were selected by Gaia. They were presented to them by Gaia. Gaia. So maybe the voice in their head is not Captain Planet. It is Gaia. Uh-huh. It is okay. the it is the wispy <laughs> it is the whispery struggling voice of Gaia who is trying who is um, leading them to get the rings, um, and the rings give them like limited power but not like a lot right. Um, so, mm-hmm. and they they I think yeah there's like a hub of Captain Planet or like something like it is the. Oh, temple. Yeah, you said Temple of Captain Planet. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Temple of Gaia is fine. I mean, I think they just have to go there to like cool repower the rings. Sorry, I just had the idea that there's that prison um, car in the train, and each of like the little whatever bed cells could crack open, and the Captain Planet villains could got like Doctor Blight. Apparently, one of them is called Duke Nukem. Uh, different Duke Nukem, but like, oh, really? they could all have been like in the in the. Um, prison car that trained the whole time i think like maybe that is like where the ones of destruction come from or something like that mm-hmm. like maybe those appear to be other people on the train who weren't chosen and are like with promises to give them abundance or to protect them or to um to serve them and like it's like we'll make a new train or like or we'll make a new we'll make a new civilization where you all will be on the top. Um, mm-hmm. The world is dead. Let it be dead. Um, so. Yeah. So Temple of Captain Planet, Temple of Gaia, it is Actually, located. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, let's have it be um, people who survived out in the world then. And sure. they have the rings because the idea of their mantra being the world is dead. Let it be dead is really good yeah and it makes a lot more sense if it's people who have survived out in there for like out in the world long enough like we don't need to bring it back yeah like it's kind of like a a bunch of i do like the idea i do like the idea that they are out in the world and it's like they are sub bosses who have kind of maintained the world's like um maintained the world's like status of things like it I think they've been keeping the world dead, like, um, but it's kind of a war of attrition because the world fights back. And what is giving them the advantage, what is giving Gaia the advantage now, now that these people are off the train, she has people that can be planeteers to actually do the fighting. Like Gaia is only so powerful, right? Um, And so she's been, she's been fighting the war on the more like, ethereal front right and trying to uh make the world not die but it's only barely hanging on now that the planeteers are here they can fight the rings of destruction the holders of ring mm-hmm. of destruction yeah cool um cannot believe snow pierce is how we finally got to captain planet jesus christ um we are at 105 so we need yeah, i know um and I think we're kind of spinning our wheels. So, yeah, there's not really a plot going like I, I like what we have. There's not like a driving force. Sure. Um, I think it's that they fight. They fight the people that they, 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 we I think we need to come up with. Like, I if we want to just do it simple, because um, I don't 
know if we can come up with a macro plot at this point. Um, so if it's just that they fight each of the people, we create five different like zones or something, little battlefields or something. There's the pollution. There's the pollution one. There's the radiation one. There's smog. There's uh, there's the dragon smog. Um, that one is played by Benedict Cumberbatch. And then there's hate. Um, so. Uh, in that case, let's do an actual just another gauntlet where the mm-hmm. people of the old world have set up in the various rooms of the temple of Captain Planet and they have to fight their way through each of them. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, it's like uh, it's like the raid. Um, so like they, they go, they go up and they fight each one. Um, what do we think the first one is that they fight? First one would be deforestation. Let's do that because we established that the temple is in the rainforest and like a frozen rainforest would be really cool. So deforestation would be an interesting fight there of just like Mm -hmm. these enormous rainforest trees falling everywhere, having to dip and dodge them and yeah, dip, Uh, dip, dodge and duck. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, this makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, the first one is deforestation. And maybe, like, that's the one that's been, like, the weakest or has been kind of, like, slacking on, like, the mm-hmm. the thing. And, like, that's why the world is coming back a little bit because they're getting a little too cocky with it. It's been 17 mm-hmm. years or it's been 18 years or whatever. Like, um, uh, they're like, what? The, the world is dead. And then, like, w- when they slack, that's when the planeteers come back. Um, and so they fight the deforestation one. Um, and what do we think their intrinsic power is like, or like, what do we think the challenge of them is? Like, do we think that they have the power to, um, suck the life out of people? Like maybe Hmm. that, that would make sense. Let me check and see if there's any information on the wiki. My thought was just that it's like actually trees are falling so they're having to like avoid enormous rainforest trees falling on them and like got it but they can't get to him to beat him because of this got it the final one is going to be hate because that is the Mm -hmm. good final boss like Mm -hmm. of like fighting hate yeah so maybe it's like there's a lot of different zones that they're traveling to so first they have to travel through the, the the rainforest and they are getting like yeah, they're getting like attacked by trees and it's kind of like a guerrilla battle, a guerrilla warfare battle where they can't see the person and they have to try to find him. Um, and then the uh, the gardener, mm-hmm. um, the gardener um, person, they uh, use their wind powers to blow back the trees and the leaves and stuff to clear mm-hmm. um, to clear like the brush so people can see him. And then that's when the um, that's when the fire person uh uh the fire person like was able to shoot them down and defeat them or something like sorry i was making you the listener can see but i made a face just from the sentence captain pollution can pull off trees okay oh my pull off trees uh so then we have uh let's see radiation smog toxics and hate I agree. Hate should be the last one, especially because that means that they'll start fighting each other. So throughout the movie, as people are having human foibles, they're starting to yeah. like wear on each other. And then there are people who previously hated each other before, and now they're being kind of mm-hmm. forced to work together. Right. 
they are from each different class of the play of the of the train. Um, so so pollute. What were them again? Pollution. No. Yes, I should say um, it is super radiation. Okay, is the word the? It's not just radiation, but it's super pollution, smog, toxics, and hate. Uh, I'm trying to see what radiation's thing is. Uh, etc. etc. And I quote where he instantly dissolves plunders seemingly expensive aircraft gun with a powerful beam of radiation. I think next maybe do. Yeah. So I think the next is a, uh, we could do a team up of smog and toxics if we want to like court sort of like streamline it a little bit, um, where it is like a swamp that leads to that is on their way to the temple and where smog is blinding them. Right. Um, while mm-hmm. toxic is in, is sort of like the swamp itself. Right. Or we could separate it. I, I could see this, the smog one being its own zone where they're just like this, they can't see anything. So, um, and they are getting attacked. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Where wind comes in again and just blows it away. <laughs> I mean, at that point, we could also do where they separate. Like um, my reference point for Shonen Jump anime is the Naruto and the Chunin exams, where they're racing after somebody or like a group of people, and one by one, somebody stops to fight them, and it's like, "You guys go ahead, I'll take care of this." And so now we have like four or five one-on-one fights. Or we could have a two on two fight or something like that, but we can separate them so that it's more. So we can't just have a wind walk through every room, blowing everybody away. Like sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but that would be a possibility. I like the idea of like a swamp with fissures and, and that kind of thing. I think that that's really good. Um, they can't see. So they have to walk through this room without um, falling into these fissures. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they. Because we'd have what fire, earth, wind, water, and heart. I feel like hearts we're leaving for the hate fight. So I say earth, according to the Captain Planet wiki that I think we're both looking at, uh, earth is the the counter ring to deforestation. So we could have earth fight um, deforestation with, again, I guess this is more avatar, but with like the earth walls that they throw up, like the earthbenders do, we could do stuff like that. Like we could yeah. kind of lean on some earthbending visuals for earth to do uh that would be it's also growth like like they the deforestation guy is like trying to like diffuse or like kill the tree so they crumble to fall on them but like earth is like fighting back thus bringing back some of like the greenery of like whatever this the jungle that they're in um Looks like smog and toxics are fire and water. Fire and water. So we could have fire and water fighting the smog and fissure. I'm trying to think how they would do that. I mean, fire to maybe burn up the smog so they could see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the water could flood the fissures or harden them or something like the sludge and the water mix. And it hardens yeah. with the heat from fire. That makes sense. So then we would just have wind and heart going into the fight against i think we have super radiation left yeah super super radiation oh sorry radiation is the counter of the fire ring fire um smog is wind 
I think we leave it as is. I think it makes more sense for how we do. And it'd be interesting to have wind and heart fight radiation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wind and heart fight radiation. Cool. Mm-hmm. So how do they do that? Yeah. Right. Well, when I think of radiation, I think of mutations, right? That's always what I okay. think about. Um, I don't know what else it is. Like I'm sure in the, in the show, it's just like something like has like a weird aura around it and it's very mm-hmm. hot. Right. You know, it's not like, yeah, everyone's like, Oh, the radiation. Ah, as they like fall to their knees, clutching their heads or whatever. I also see them about like having like weapons, like radiated radiation fueled weapons. Gotcha. So maybe, maybe they, um, the super radiation has like bombs or like, like little bomb thing that they're like a bomb gun or something, you know, or, um, or like, um, to, that, that makes sense to me. Like little, like mini nukes or something like that, like from fallout, fallout, uh, sure. or something. And that are shooting them around and what fire does to do that. It, maybe they melt the gun wind. or they, they, they try to it's wind. Okay. It's wind. Yeah. So maybe what they do is they blow the, um, blow the nukes away, um, or like fight against like the winds, the, the, uh, bombs trajectory being shooting out. And then like, it doesn't like impact anything. It just like falls and like lands instead of mm-hmm. like, um, I think that's good. We have a couple then, of things. And then heart and then heart puts their hand on it and it turns it into a tree or a log or like a garden. And it doesn't like it transforms its actual molecular structure instead of like it makes love, not not war. Right. It turns into those little heart candies from Valentine's Day. Yeah, because those in the in the environment aren't pollution at all. Uh, right. They're <laughs> in my stomach. Yeah. Um, I like the idea also wind can like as like a bomb goes off, they like funnel the blast up and out of the room or something or like like um, I guess spoilers for Captain America Civil War when Wanda catches that guy who's like about to blow up in a bubble or whatever. So the explosions contained inside the bubble, they could do something like that. But with wind. Yeah, yeah, that works. Um, I like that. And then we have just heart to fight hate heart to fight hate yeah so i think like maybe they all gather back together right or i guess they are all together um through the entire thing but like i think they are all in the room and hate who is at the temple um makes them all fight each other um mm-hmm. and just like hey you know really picks at like the class the class differentials yeah. between them and be like oh like They'll never let oh. you they'll never let you be comfortable. They'll never let you be um, they'll never let you have what they have. They'll you'll, they'll never be really equal in your eyes or whatever. Um, and that's how they kind of like try to um, pit them against each other to and they start to fight a little bit. And then mm-hmm. Hart maybe says some sort of speech or something or um, or what, what are you thinking? You I've have- seen this commercial. Hart gives hate a Pepsi. Oh, OK. And they we heal all of the hurts of the world. Jesus Christ. We don't ever have to talk about them ever again because everything's fixed. Realistically, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it has to be a speech. I mean, I I was going to say some kind of gesture of like they've all got rings love at each other and hearts like the first one to put it down. But like at that point, there still needs to be some kind of speech because heart is so ambiguous. What if like just like heart is like getting like upset or like something and like is in is trying to like 
calm everyone down. T- it's Timmy, right? So like yeah. Timmy, like just like who I, I don't think speaks a lot. Like um, they, mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't speak in the movie that much. I don't think um, except for the very beginning. But um, what if he sees like the discourse between them and then like is able to show them like a vision of the future if they all just were able to work together and like Hmm. bring the world back and everything of like oh yeah the world he shows them a a vision of the world being green and um lush and there being set like settlements um with people like working together to um working together to help humanity survive like um I think maybe there's a little struggle, like maybe there's a little bit of like struggle in that, but it is actually like if they work together, they truly can create a sort of utopia or they can truly learn from the mistakes of the past and like build society again, basically. I think that's good. I mean, that is the ending we're going to go with. My option was I remember that heart, I believe, also can communicate with animals. Mm. And so as hate is like heart, what even is that power? The polar bear leaps in from a hole in the ceiling and just mauls hate to death. We could also do that. Maybe that's the thing. Like maybe because I don't think hate is swayed by that at all whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And um, like the the snow muskrats and polar bears and the um, like snowbirds like come in and you see them like all behind Timmy and like hate is like, I'll never let you reach this thing. Cause I think hate sees the vision too and isn't swayed by it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, cause hate prefers to the status quo of like how everything is now. Mm-hmm. And so Timmy like summons these animals to um, mm-hmm. basically nature versus not nature. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea though of this group, like, cause I feel like we need to take a moment. Cause I think we've got, it. I mean, they, they dip their rings in the pool of Gaia or mm-hmm. relight like the flame, etc., so they can summon Captain Planet again. But um, I want to touch base with the villains real quick. We don't need to make names or anything like that. I like the idea that they're sure. a cult who it's like, no, the world died. He, like civilization died. So the phrase you use that's great is the world is dead. Let it be dead. Mm-hmm. I really like the idea of like they're this kind of like cult or order that's like. The world doesn't need to be brought back. It's like everything's like, you know, a lot of people are dead, but like the world endures, even if it's dead, like Mm -hmm. this way, at least we're not wrecking everything. Like we've already wrecked everything. Leave it, leave it alone before we do anything worse. And so I like the idea that their whole shtick is just like, no people, every time people uh, try to do anything, it makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that yeah, kind of yeah. goes towards apathy with a, the classism debate, the apathy of like, yeah, well, I can't do anything about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they'd rather just so. sit still and let it let it mm-hmm. do what it is instead of actually standing up to do something to make it better. And then like, not to continue to return to this, but um, we can cut this if you want. But Ultron does use a great phrase. I think you're mistaking quiet for peace. Mm hmm. Okay, we can cut the all the references I've been making to Age of Ultron. 
No, no, no. Uh, he's a very, I mean, he's a villain that goes with kind of the angle that we're talking about. So yeah, for sure. To, no, I think the parallels there. And, you know, we haven't had an age at Ultron, like actual parable because, you know, I, 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 I uh, sped straight to end game for my equalizers pitch. So this is our uh, Ultron. Uh, there was a Susan of Ultron in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Near the end. Yeah. Um, um, an Aju of Ultron. Uh, <laughs> an Aju of Spader. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So I think they summon Captain Planet and I don't think Captain Planet solves all their problems, but is able to return Earth back to or like return Earth to a at least base form or something mm-hmm. or like gives them at least some of an edge because Captain Planet's like, I think he's only as powerful as the planet is, right? You know, so like, yeah, or, I think that tracks. So like, he's able to at least start the process of at least giving them a little bit of more of an edge to like actually rebuild society. He melts the snow, or he makes it less. He melts some of the ice and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and evaporates it, so um, it doesn't cause the world to flood, and then it's water world. Um, uh, so, oh my god, I can't believe this is our somehow our stealth bridge into water world. Yeah. Um, my pitch is he flies around the world backwards and turns back time 17 sure. years and helps his younger self stop the CW7 rocket. Got it. Okay. Got it. Um, here's a really important question, though. Yeah. Who plays Captain Planet? Is it Don Cheadle like the joke is? Like, because we've, we've, we've all seen the Don Cheadle uh, Captain Planet joke. Um, but is it someone else? I had a joke that was going to be ed harris as captain pollution which is the anti-captain planet which then means ed harris would have to play captain planet as well based off of the angle we went with that doesn't really work anymore sure i don't i don't hate like captain pollution do we see captain pollution i don't think we ever do like no uh, in the show i think he does but not in i'm not in our movie we i don't think the rings of destruction are used to make captain pollution maybe that can be like a little teaser at the end sure i think it's they're using them for their individual powers Got it. Cool. Because ostensibly this order isn't evil. Like, yeah, they want to keep humanity from fucking up anymore, but they're cutting out the hope of tomorrow, basically. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we need Captain Pollution, but we do need to know who plays Captain Planet. That is a good question. Looking at pictures of Captain Planet, there is one here of him side by side with Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I could see that a little bit. What if we get Bong Joon-ho to cameo as Captain Planet? That's pretty good. I like that. Deb Patel. <laughs> Just because I like Deb Patel. He doesn't look anything like Captain Planet. Um, Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris is pretty wild. I keep bringing him up. Um, but the actor uh, Ludi Lin who is in the new Mortal Kombat movie. He was Zach in the newer Power Rangers movie. Cool. Um, I haven't seen either of these, but yeah, I see that. He's pretty ripped. He was, I brought him up and we definitely used him at least in the core too. He has kind of the build. He has a little bit of the, like the, the face for it. We'd have to give him a big green mullet. Which is fine. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I'm looking at his face and I kind of see it actually. So Put a mullet on him. Big green mullet. Yeah. 
Yeah. So question that is left then. So what do we call it? So is a stealth, uh, stealth Captain Planet movie. Um, so let's see. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. These are powers magnified and they're fighting on the planet side. Captain Planet, he's a hero. Gonna bring pollution down to zero. The this call of no Gaia. Put a sun the powers. We're the planeteers. You can be one too. The saving Snowpiercer powers do. combined. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking at one point, like the power is yours, is also vague enough that we could I like that we're at the end of an episode in which everybody has, or knows what this is about and we're talking about how we're going to trick them into not knowing what this is about it's more about like clicking on the episode and like not knowing we're going to get into that planet peers uh <laughs> <laughs> suit, the power is yours is not a horrible I mean the power is yours is like a more of a slogan but mm-hmm. I don't know, because powers combined, when you said earlier, is thematic and also the idea like, let's go with powers combined. Powers combined. So Snowpiercer yeah. 2 colon powers combined or just Snowpiercer colon powers combined. I like combined. Snowpiercer colon powers combined. I know that we've been doing two colon. So sure. For this one specifically, I think Snowpiercer colon powers combined is a better title. Got it. Got it. I'm going to attempt to make an image for this. Um, that is subtle is still snow is snow piercer, but it is subtle. Um, I mean, I know what you're going to do because you said subtles too many times that it's going to be fucking Chris Evans with a green mullet. I don't know about that. We'll see. We'll uh-huh. see. I think um, I hit it exactly on the head is what's happened. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Um, cool. Did we do it? I think we did it. I think it took us a little bit, but I think we got it. I, I I don't know why it took us so long to get into like another gauntlet film. Like, and like, I think that was like where we needed to go initially, but we did it. Mm -hmm. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of the equalizers, Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, other ones that I haven't said. Um, and including um, in the center of a recycling, uh, a recycling triangle. Uh, look on the be- look on the be- on the bottom of that plastic bottle near you inside that little plastic uh, inside that little uh, triangle recycling triangle. There it says the equalizers. Uh, you can find us on Vinecast, Pod Baby, Whoopsie Doodle, uh, the. Um, the pod penetrator pod yep there we are yes and pod penetrator too this time it's personal you can also get in contact with us on facebook and twitter what a long name for a podcast app You can get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers, where you're going to be seeing some very cryptic images and teasers for this week's episode, I think. Or you will have seen because you 
are hearing this in the future. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Two Steps, starting off their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching the Banana Boys. And as always, they spell B-O-Y-E-S like in, oh, yes. Their full album is on all streaming services now. Gang, that's the first time I did it without looking at the text. We did it. We got there. Mission accomplished. Okay. Pop, pop. Next time. Pop, pop a bottle. Next time, Madison. Yes, I'm, I'm prepared. For, you warned me a little bit about this. So we're going back to an old favorite. My favorite thing we have ever done for Equalizers other than Avengers. We're going head to head. OK, uh, we got where the interest is there again for you and I, at least the interest is there to return to this old format. I want to we're going to make it a little bit flashier, a little showier. We're going to get a judge. I haven't get, I haven't gotten anybody yet, but we'll have a judge for next time. We're each going to pitch a sequel to Aragon. Oh my god. That's the dragon one, right? Yep. Isn't this the one that was written by like a 17-year-old and then it was yep. like eventually turned into a book series and then a movie, right? Yep. Cool. Cool. At least I know there's dragons. I'll try not to yep. uh uh it's uh, also got Jeremy Irons. Oh, nice. And um coming off of Man in the Iron Mask, John Malkovich. Okay. Did they just so. play two dragons kissing? Yeah, um, that's it. That's the whole movie. Yeah. I mean, look, I think we get a glimpse into what your sequel is going to entail. Yeah. I'm just going to be a bunch of dragons kissing for uh, for uh, 30 minutes. Well, tune in next time to see how Madison Jones and I differ in our takes to Aragon. So for the equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. To be continued. I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet.